So the college football playoff rankings came out, and uh, this week I was not as disappointed in what the college football playoff committee put ahead for the Big 12 Conference. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 uh, digital media outlet. And as always, guys, before we get it going, please leave us that rating, review, subscribe. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play helps us out tremendously. We'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie in return if you do that uh, on our behalf. So we appreciate that greatly out of you. And please also consider becoming a Patreon member. Uh, We're putting together a lot of good work at heartlandcollegesports.com, as many of you know. And we do not want to inundate you with more ads. So please uh, go read our story, patreon.com slash heartlandcollegesportsweekly. Thanks so much on that front, guys. So this week I was not as disappointed in the college football playoff committee with the Big 12 at least, and here's why. You got OU bumped up to number seven. You have Baylor at number nine, jumping five spots, which, by the way, a good jump, a well-deserved jump by Baylor after that dominating performance against Texas at home. You know, final score, 24-10. You think to yourself, eh, you know, two-touchdown win. What's the big deal? That was a dominant performance by Baylor on Saturday. And it, you know, gives me some faith that the uh, college football playoff committee might actually, you know, like um, watch Big 12 games. I never thought I'd say it, but yeah, the College Football Playoff Committee might actually watch the Big 12 Conference. How about that for a novel concept? So I look at the rankings, and I see four Big 12 teams in the top 25. You still got um, Oklahoma State at 21 and Iowa State at 23, and then the two teams in the top 10. I still don't know, to be honest, how Oklahoma is sitting there behind Uh, Utah and Alabama right now when you compare the resumes, but I'm not too concerned about it because I think that it's going to work itself out. But let's compare these resumes here for just a second. Utah's got zero wins over teams inside the top 25 right now. All right. I mean, Oklahoma has two, Iowa State and, um, and Baylor, and Oklahoma State could be coming this weekend, and then Baylor could be number four in two weeks, by the way. They could have four top 25 wins in the next couple of weeks when the season's all said and done. Alabama, by the way, zero wins over teams currently in the top 25 as well. Of these three teams, Utah, Oklahoma, and Alabama, OU has the best win. Top 10 road game against Baylor. Alabama's got the best loss against LSU. So there's no reason to have Utah ranked ahead of either of them, yet Utah is ranked ahead of Oklahoma. Once again, I'm not too concerned about this because of what's going to happen the next two weeks, but it still shows me that, you know, I know that OU's played a bunch of close games here as of late. I get that, and Jalen Hurts has had some issues. The defense has not looked great at times, but it also is not getting enough credit at times either. I understand all of that. But I'm still sitting here and saying to myself, how is OU sitting there behind Utah right now? Now, I think if all else is equal, and it's a one-loss Pac-12 champion in Utah versus a one-loss Big 12 champion in Oklahoma, uh, to me, it's the Sooners, no doubt about it. I mean, this week, Utah's going to play Colorado and, you know, Colorado's sitting there at three and five in the conference, five and six overall. OU is playing a top 25 team on the road in Oklahoma State. And then the week after that, you know, Utah is going to play Oregon in the Pac-12 championship. And guess what? Oregon's ranked lower than Baylor. And the Bears, of course, are a top 10 team right now. So OU, 
two straight weeks, if all else is equal, is going to have much better wins on the resume to add to that resume than are the Utah Utes. It's just not close. So I'm not too concerned about it, but it still bothers me because the resume is better right now and nobody's talking about it. Alabama, the Alabama infatuation is killing me, killing me. They played nobody, absolutely nobody. And the fact that they're sitting there, you know, at number five in the country and the fact that they're going on the road to Auburn, all right, a top 15 team this weekend. And people are talking about them being in the college football playoff when they won't be a conference champion and they'll have one top 25 win is laughable. It is laughable. And by the way, their starting quarterback who would have been a top five pick in the NFL draft is banged up. And that should factor in because what they tell us is the human element matters. And what the BCS could not do in the computer system is factor in, hey, two is out. Is this really a top four team in the country? The answer is no. All right. The answer is no. And we'll see if the committee has the audacity to do it. Now, at the top of the college football playoff rankings, you've got Ohio State leapfrocking LSU, fine with that, Clemson at three, Georgia at four, and then Alabama five, and the six, seven, eight teams of uh, Utah, Oklahoma, Minnesota, Baylor nine, Penn State at 10, rounding out the top 10. Boy, it sure does feel like they want those two SEC teams in there in that uh, college football playoff, but the good thing is this, LSU down to number two makes it very difficult for the committee to leave LSU in the college football playoff if they lose to Georgia next week in the SEC championship game. If they were still one, you could make the argument that if Georgia wins, LSU deserves to stay in, right? You could make that case. I don't think you can now with them down to number two. The other thing I don't think you can do here is put Alabama in the college football playoff if Georgia beats LSU to have two SEC teams in there, when LSU would have the head-to-head over Alabama and also, by the way, would be playing for a conference title, playing the extra game, something Alabama didn't do. I know Alabama's backed its way in before like this because they are Alabama, but boy, the committee is going to literally destroy its credibility if that ends up happening here uh, in this season. I don't think it will. But they would really destroy their credibility if that were to happen. So right now, um, what do you need if you're the Oklahoma Sooners? Ideally, you want a one-loss OU going up against a one-loss Utah. I think you'd own that resume conversation. And then non-conference champion Alabama should not really be part of the conversation here. Um, I also wonder what margin of victory means. You know, here's a quote from Dabo Sweeney, Clemson's head coach back in 2016. He said, at the end of the day, you either win the game or you lose the game. That's what matters. I don't think any of the rest of the stuff is important. I think the best determination or determining factor is did you win or did you lose? Kirby Hocutt, who was the original committee chair, said margin of victory does not matter. If that's the case, how are you going to sit here right now and possibly say that at this point in time, OU's resume is not better than Utah's? I don't know how you say it. I don't. It's a conversation, a bigger conversation for another day. But I saw that quote recently. I wanted to share it with you. And maybe if the college football playoff committee's tuned in to this show, they will realize that they told us margin of victory does not matter. Because by the way, if margin of victory mattered, 
when TCU beat Iowa State 55-3 back in 2014 in the final game of the regular season, they would not have dropped three spots in the college football playoff committee's rankings. Now, here's a key, though, for OU. If you're OU, you do not want to crush Oklahoma State this weekend. Now, you're saying, screw the Cowboys. I always want to crush the Cowboys. No, you want the Cowboys to stay in the top 25. All right? You want to beat Oklahoma State by a touchdown. I know you don't want to sweat through this game, but you need Oklahoma State to stay ranked. You can't blow them out by, you know, four touchdowns. That won't look good because then you won't have a top 25 win when all is said and done. I know in the moment it would be a top 25 win, but when we look at the rankings after championship weekend, you want Oklahoma State to be there at like 22-23 and be able to say we have three or four ranked wins over teams currently in the top 25 because you'd have two over Baylor. You also want... Iowa State to beat Kansas State this weekend, so they stay in the top 25. That's big for the Big 12. It's very big for this conference. And fans of um, OU and Baylor should be keeping a close eye on that. No doubt about it. Uh, No doubt about it. But if you're OU, you want to keep Oklahoma State in that top 25, it's like poker. You want pocket aces, but you want your opponent to have pocket kings, right? That's what you want. Uh, And that's exactly what OU should want to do this weekend. Now for Baylor, how do the Bears get into the college football playoff? They still need a lot of help. Obviously got to win out, ideally blow out Kansas, and then you got to beat OU pretty convincingly, be a one-loss Big 12 champ. Then I think you need help. Here's what you need. You need Georgia to get blown out by LSU in the SEC title game. That way Georgia's out of the picture. You need Bama to lose to Auburn this week. You need Utah to lose to Oregon in the Pac-12 title game. You're ranked ahead of Oregon, so you're okay there. And then you need the Minnesota-Wisconsin winner this weekend is going to win the Big Ten West to lose to Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game in big fashion. And obviously, Ohio State, you got to assume that they uh, stay undefeated. That's what you need if you're Baylor. You need more help. I hate to say it, but you do. Um, the non-conference I get doesn't help, but this team right now is top 10 in the country in defensive efficiency. And I've seen so many ESPN analysts this week talk about how great the defense is at, uh, at Clemson, at Ohio State, at Alabama and Georgia. Hey guys, Baylor has a top 10 defensive efficiency in America. Look at the rankings. Watch the games, please. I'm glad Baylor's in the top 10, but they're still going to need some help to get this uh, to get this job done and to get their way into a college football playoff. But it's going to be a, a fascinating two weeks, not just for the Big 12, but for all of college football. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Coming up, I want to touch on the quality of coaching in this conference that just blows me away each and every week. That's next on Heartland College Sports Weekly. Hey there, it's Pete Mundo, and our friends at MyBookie.ag have become great partners of Heartland College Sports, and uh, during Thanksgiving week, they've got a great risk-free, literally risk-free offer for the Bears-Lions game. You choose a team against the spread up to $250, and if you win, congrats, you've got extra holiday spending money. But if you lose, congratulations, MyBookie will give you all your money back. It's a no-brainer because you literally 
cannot lose. It's no risk, all gravy. And it doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer. MyBookie.ag welcomes all levels of players, and they've got a great customer service team that will take you through the process and make sure that you are taken care of. So just log on to MyBookie.ag and make your first deposit with the promo code BIG12, that's BIG12, and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart your bankroll, and that's on top of the risk-free Bears-Lions bet. Let me repeat that. Guaranteed deposit match, risk-free bet, Thanksgiving only. So if you're a true football fan, you don't want to let this opportunity pass you by. You simply can't lose. Make sure you do your part to support your team this season. Hop on the gravy train. Get in on the action with mybookie.ag. Promo code BIG12, BIG12. You play, you win. You get paid. You know, one thing I continue to be impressed by a week in, week out, watching probably more Big 12 football than anybody in America outside of maybe our guy Derek Duke. He, he might have me by a couple of quarters, but the two of us, I believe, watch the most college football in America. I continue to be so impressed by the coaching quality in this conference. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. So you look at the four new head coaches, right? Matt Wells replacing Cliff Kingsbury, Les Miles replacing David Beatty, Chris Kleiman on top of Bill Snyder, and then Neil Brown over Dana Holgerson. I would argue three of those four, and one I'm just not certain about. Three of those four were big-time coaching upgrades. Neil Brown over Dana Holgerson from an X's and O's coaching perspective. Les Miles over David Beatty, obvious reasons. Chris Kleiman over Bill Snyder. That that might tick off some K-State fans, but at this point in time, today, Chris Kleiman is a better head coach than Bill Snyder. I'm not saying that Kleiman's ever going to have Snyder's resume. I'm not saying when you compare those two guys in their prime. I'm saying when you compare Chris Kleiman in his prime to Bill Snyder at nearly 80 years old, Chris Kleiman is a better head coach. The one I don't know about is Matt Wells. I think Matt Wells is a really good coach, but in fairness, the guy he's replacing is now in the NFL, and he's holding his own. So I am not going to judge that one just yet. But as we get ready for the final week of the season, you know, the Big 12 title game's already set, right? So there's a little bit of the pizzazz loss there. But each one of these games, from a coaching perspective alone, incredibly intriguing. Can Matt Wells get past Tom Herman, who's, you know, reeling right now? This would be a huge—I mean, Texas Tech fans are upset with the season. I get it. But that would be a huge deal for Matt Wells to end this regular season with a win over Texas. You look at Matt Rule and Les Miles. That's fun. That's intriguing. Uh, West Virginia TCU, Neil Brown, new, young, hotshot guy in the Big 12 against, you know, the staple and Gary Patterson. Uh, Matt Campbell and, I mean, Matt Campbell and Chris Kleiman's fantastic. And then, of course, Bedlam, Gundy, and Riley. And a way that this was also confirmed to me was when, I don't know if you saw this, but we posted it up on heartlandcollegesports.com. The odds makers released uh, betting numbers for who is most likely to be the next head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Now, Jason Garrett has not been fired there, but a lot of people believe that it's only a matter of time before Jason Garrett is shown the door. And the numbers came out, and there were five Big 12 coaches given odds to be the next head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. How crazy is that? You had Lincoln Riley with the third best odds at 5-1 to one behind Urban Meyer and Josh McDaniels. 
Then you go down and you've got uh, Tom Herman at 33 to 1, which is, I mean, ridiculous. I don't know how Tom Herman's got the second best odds of the Big 12 coaches to be the next head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Mike Gundy at 50 to 1. Also, not going to happen, but still, he's on the list. Matt Rule at 66 to 1. Gary Patterson at 80 to 1. Half of the Big 12 coaches are listed with odds to be the next head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Big 12 college coaches, half of them. And that doesn't even include a guy like Matt Campbell, who's connected to, it seems like, every job opening in America from, you know, peewee up to the NFL. It's ridiculous at this point. Now, I think that Lincoln Riley, obviously, if the job opens up, has a shot um, and will be high on the list. That's been the case for a year. It's been known that the Cowboys have an affinity for Lincoln Riley. Um Matt Rule should be second on that list in the Big 12, by the way. Matt Rule is a guy who the past two off-seasons has done a little song and a dance with NFL teams. The Colts two years ago, and then the Jets this past off-season. Think about that. Matt Rule, who, by the way, did spend a season as the offensive line coach with the uh, New York Giants. The guy won a single game in college football two years ago, and the Indianapolis Colts were interested in him. That tells you how much respect there is across all the football landscape for Matt Rule. I'm not trying to break any hearts in Waco. I'm just giving you the real deal here. Uh, Matt Rule should be the second guy of Big 12 coaches on that list. But you've got half the conference with coaches listed with odds to be the next head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. And Gary Patterson, also not going to happen. But hey, he's on the list at 80-1. to Now the list gets a little wild down below. Uh, You have also Jerry Jones at 500-1. to The idea of Jerry Jones patrolling the sidelines with a clipboard, coaching the team that he owns is hysterical and and, maybe not as crazy as you'd think, right? But as I watch these games week in, week out, I mean, how many close games do we have every single week in the Big 12 Conference? It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Last week, you had four of your five games were decided by 10 points or less. KU Iowa State, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, K-State Tech, and Oklahoma TCU. Now, What some people are doing here, uh, what the trolls want to do is say the Big 12 is just a bunch of mediocre teams. A popular Texas A&M blog called Tex Ags, some of you may be familiar with them, uh, they put together a video trying to troll the Big 12 conference. Yes. Uh, How coincidental, how cute, how ironic that a Texas A&M website, like Texas A&M football, the definition of mediocrity tried to troll the Big 12 Conference by saying the Big 12 is, for lack of a better word, mediocre. Here's what that little tidbit they did. Here's how that sounded. Welcome to the Big 12, a conference that is like no other, but not in a good way. A conference that features all the best teams from Kansas. A conference whose name only makes sense in an octal numeric system. A conference that drove away three of its best teams and Missouri. A conference where Baylor is somehow competitive. Welcome to the Big 12, a conference where all teams are equal, but some teams are more equal than others. I mean, it's just classic A&M. It's, it's arrogant. It's smug. It's also a massive self-own. I mean, when they say in that video, a conference that drove away three of its best teams and Missouri. Like, wait, hold on. You're referring to yourselves, Texas A&M, Nebraska, Colorado, and then you're goofing on Missouri. Well, hold on for a second here. Um, Texas A&M won three division titles in Big 12 history. Guess how many Mizzou won? Yeah, it won 
three. The same as the team you're trying to rip on, you fools. I mean, unbelievable stuff. Unbelievable stuff. Texas A&M can't even do some basic math and homework to get this stuff right. I mean, typical A&M though, right? Typical A&M. Can't even do some basic research before they realize they just own themselves in that video with that one line. Uh, this is just classic A&M, uh, SEC, 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 because they can't toot their own horn, so they got to toot their own conference's horn, and it just reeks of desperation. Like, great, we know you're in the SEC. By the way, you're just as mediocre in the SEC as you were in the Big 12. So what does that say? I don't know. It doesn't tell me that, you know, the Big 12 is, wow, the Big 12 is such a weak conference because A&M is really having a tough time. You're the same team as you were in the SEC. You know, you're a 7-5, and 8-4 and four team. That's it. You had a couple of good years with Johnny Manziel. You move on. It's just comical to me. Absolutely comical. But if you watch Big 12 football and your takeaway is that this conference is a bunch of mediocre teams that play close games, you're not paying attention. And frankly, I wonder if uh, a lot of the people that are supposed to be covering college football are paying attention. When I hear Desmond Howard on College Game Day last week say, uh, my prediction for the Baylor-Texas game is a high-scoring classic Big 12 shootout. I'm like, dude, do you even watch Big 12 football? Baylor's got the best defense in the conference. And, you know, Texas's offense has been struggling, can't run the ball. And Baylor's offense, you know, Baylor's not 10-1 because of the offense. They're 10-1 because of the defense. It's like, do these guys watch the games? And I seriously wonder that sometimes with some of these national pundits. It's unbelievable. This is a conference that is uh, as deep as any in America. The true round robin means you can't cop out. You play nine conference games. The FCC is playing a bunch of, you know, softball, uh, puffball games last week against Coastal Carolina and Coastal whoever uh, down there in the southeast part of the U.S. because it's, oh, it's rivalry week in the SEC, so everybody needs to rest up. Grow up. And the national media's got to start putting this out there. There was a little bit of that. You know, Kirk Herbstreet, some of the game day guys were like, yeah, I wish the SEC wasn't doing this this past weekend with all these FCS games. Uh, call them out. Call them out. Stop saying, I wish. Call them the heck out. It's long overdue. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Coming up, let's get to our picks for the final week of the regular season right here on Heartland College Sports Weekly. Let's dive into it. Our picks for the final week of the regular season in the Big 12 Conference. I cannot believe we're here already. It is uh, very sad in many ways. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. Before we get to it, 5-0 and on the picks against the spread last week. We're on a 14-2-1 run, so get on it. Let's get right to it and go in order. Texas Tech on the road against Texas on Friday, 11 a.m. All right, so in this game for Texas Tech, it's their Super Bowl, right? I mean, this is, uh, this is it for Tech. Red Raiders are in a situation where they are not going to go bowling. So this is their Super Bowl. It's their final game of the season. They're on the road against a Texas team that is just falling apart. 
both inside the locker room, on the field. A lot of things swirling around Austin right now as they fall to 6-5 and five on the year. It's a game at 11 a.m., as I mentioned, on Black Friday, and it's just like blah. It is just blah. And that's what this game is. On top of that, Texas banged up. I don't know if Sam Ellinger's best weapons are going to play. Duvernay, uh, Colin Johnson, Brennan Eagles, all listed as questionable in this game. Also, this game to me comes down to line play. Uh, Texas right now has allowed the most sacks in the Big 12 Conference. Meantime, they've racked up the second fewest sacks in the conference. By comparison, Texas Tech uh, ranks second in the Big 12 in sacks allowed, the second fewest sacks allowed. And uh, the Red Raiders rank sixth in the Big 12 in getting to the quarterback. So that's not too bad. Certainly better than Texas on both sides of the line. Meantime, for Texas Tech, five of their six losses here lately, all by 10 points or less. That is pretty darn good. Meantime, Texas plays close games. Their Big 12 games, whether won or lost, decided by 6.8 points per game in the Big 12. Give me Texas Tech plus 10 on the road on Friday morning in Austin. Let's go to West Virginia at TCU. So the Mountaineers are playing good here down the stretch. Uh, They held Oklahoma State in check last week at home. They beat K-State a couple of weeks ago. They have racked up the second most sacks in the conference this season. That defensive line, the Stills brothers, have been outstanding. TCU's given up the second most sacks in the Big 12. The offensive line has uh, not been all that good at times for the Horned Frogs and Gary Patterson. Now you've got uh, Jared Dagey, a quarterback for West Virginia, replacing Austin Kendall. The offense has looked better, and he's not a true freshman going on the road. You know, I mean, this guy played at Bowling Green. He's been in games and big games uh, when he's needed to. He's not going to be shell-shocked going on the road to a Big 12 environment. No way, no how. Uh, And you look at how these games have played out here uh, the last couple of weeks for West Virginia. They've hung in there against Oklahoma State and K-State. Not great passing offenses. Oklahoma State, of course, missing its starting quarterback in Spencer Sanders. K-State's not a great passing offense anyway. The teams they've struggled against, the Mountaineers, OU, Iowa State, great passing teams. TCU's not a great passing team. Uh, you know, you look at last week's game and you look at what the true freshman quarterback Max Duggan did, he was like 7-21 to in that game against uh, Oklahoma last week. So uh, not a great passing offense right now at TCU. That's good for West Virginia. That's great for West Virginia because they've got the worst pass defense efficiency in the conference, but, you know, TCU can't take advantage of that. On top of that, thunderstorms, 20-mile-an-hour winds in Fort Worth on Friday, Black Friday. TCU's coming off, of course, a tough loss against OU. I know it's for bowl eligibility, and I think TCU can win this game and will win this game. But I'm taking West Virginia plus 13.5. That's too big a number for me with how the Mountaineers have been playing uh, lately. And I'm going to give you another one, under 45. There's a bonus pick. Last week of the season, I'm giving you a bonus pick, West Virginia TCU under 45. Baylor at Kansas on Saturday. Uh, this game, when you look at it, uh, you see Baylor's a two-touchdown favorite. Here's what I think is going to happen, though. I think the uh, college football playoff committee and the fact that Baylor's not getting a lot of respect from them, I believe Baylor is going to try to go out there and make a statement before the Big 12 uh, title game next week. I know it's just Kansas, and I don't expect you know Matt Rule to open up the playbook with OU on deck. But with that being said... I think this team is looking for a blowout win to stick it to the committee a little bit. And I also look at this game and I say to myself, KU's allowed 40 points per game in the Big 12 in conference play. 
They allow at least 30 points every game, it feels like. So you're telling me Baylor, which, by the way, Charlie Brewer probable for this game after leaving uh, last week's game late after that hard hit from Texas. He is probable he will play. You're telling me Baylor, which is not a great offense, but they can't score 30 points against a KU defense giving up 40 per game in the Big 12? And then all I'm looking for is for Baylor's defense, the best in the conference, to hold KU to a couple scores, like 17 points. Considering they're only giving up 21 points per game, uh, that seems entirely plausible. And when you take out the 30 points that Baylor's allowed in overtime games against uh, Texas Tech and TCU, they're actually just giving up 17.5 points per game in regulation in Big 12 play. That's an incredible number. Now, last week, KU put up 31, but Iowa State's defense is good, but especially the pass defense is not what it's been in recent years. So, Baylor, you can't say that about them. They've got the number one pass defense efficiency in the Big 12, uh, where Iowa State's is seventh. So, KU almost gets a win last week on the road. I expect a bit of a hangover from that uh, near miss against Iowa State. Les Miles said his guys were crushed in the locker room. Baylor's got everything in front of them. I'm going against the wise guys in this game. Uh, the line has not moved, despite the fact that 79% of the money's on Baylor, meaning the big money's on KU. I disagree. Baylor covers the 14. Let's go to Farmageddon. This, to me, the toughest game of the week to pick. Uh, because there's a lot about both these teams I, I just I don't love at the moment and I have questions about. Iowa State's defense, K-State's offense, I've got questions there. But as a result, here's what I'm doing. Now, I'll give you a straight-up pick, but my bet in Farmageddon is over 46. I know it's going to be 28 degrees on Saturday night in Manhattan. I know that the winds might be whipping up to 10, 20 miles an hour. These teams aren't bothered by that. You know, this is not uh, uh, Baylor going up to uh, Ames in 15-degree weather. I mean, these teams, they're fine with the weather. They know the weather. They get the weather. On top of that, Iowa State's pass defense, as I mentioned, has not been great. Just has, had not been great. Now, you've also got a situation where K-State's rush defense has not been very good either. Brees Hall up against the ninth-ranked rushing defense in the Big 12 in K-State. I'll take that. So I'm getting the second-best offense in the Big 12 right now in Iowa State, uh, going on the road to K-State, who you know has shown flashes of solid offense, going up, by the way, against an Iowa State defense that has not been as good as it was in recent years. And I can get an over at 46? Uh, give me that. I know the weather might not be great, but 46 is too low based on what these two teams are doing this year. I think people are just assuming, oh, K-State, Iowa State – Cold, uh, upper Midwest, uh, late November, two defensive-minded teams. Not so much this year. Give me the over 46 in this game, and I'll take Iowa State uh, straight up in this one on the road in Manhattan on Saturday night. And then it is, last but not least, Bedlam, OU at Oklahoma State. OU's in contention for a college football playoff. I get that. But look at their last four wins. They've been by a combined 15 points. Four points, three points, one point, seven point. They're one in six against the spread in their past seven games. Meantime, they're on the road in Stillwater against the hottest team in the conference. And one thing I like to do is I like to guess the spread before they come out. That just gives me some perspective. I don't always go, you know, which way the guess the spread in my own mind tells me to. But I thought this would be about a 10-point spread in favor of OU. It's a 13-point spread. I get the hottest team at home as a 13-point dog. 
that has won four in a row and covered all four spreads in a row. Are you kidding me? Oklahoma State's 9-2 and two against the spread this season. They're 3-1 and one at home, by the way. OU is 1-3 on the road against the spread this year. Drew Brown is not Spencer Sanders. I understand that. But the guy went to Morgantown, didn't turn the ball over last week. All right? And OU has done a terrible job at turning the ball over. They are last in turnover margin in Big 12 play. I mean, that's how bad it's been for this OU team. So I am taking Oklahoma State to cover the 13 points. I do think the Sooners win this game. If Spencer Sanders was playing, I might feel differently. But Oklahoma State's defense has been on a roll, turning the ball over, and Jalen Hurts has had a major turnover problem this season. I think it's going to be a heck of a game on Saturday night. Oklahoma State's going to play its tail off. The defense is going to be outstanding. But just when push comes to shove, especially with the issues Mike Gundy has had in this Bedlam matchup, without his starting quarterback, I'm giving OU the edge in a close one with Oklahoma State covering the 13-point spread. So we've got Texas Tech plus 10. I've got West Virginia plus 13 and a half. The under 45 is my bonus pick, by the way. Baylor at KU. Baylor minus the 14. Uh, K-State, Iowa State over 46. Iowa State with an outright win. And then Oklahoma State covering the 13, but OU squeaking one out. By the way, 5-0 and last week. So get on the picks. We're on a 14-2-1 stretch. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Enjoy the final week of Big 12 football. And if you're on the podcast, please, guys, leave us that rating, review, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and uh, consider becoming a Patreon member. Uh, check out more information at patreon.com slash heartlandcollegesports. And if you send us a screenshot of your rating and review, we will send you a Heartland College Sports koozie. Thanks so much, guys. Enjoy the games. We'll be back on Sunday with our recap podcast right here on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com.